Predictions are dangerous. We absolutely need more inventory. The Fed doesn't actually have a lot of tools to regulate inflation. That cash has dried up. Wow, is my first thought, Bruce. If both parties don't win, it doesn't happen. The Real Look. Trending News. G'day. Today's Wednesday, November 22nd. I'm Bruce Hardy. And I'm Chase Williams. And this is the news you need to know. Well, Chase, home inventory is climbing even faster than this time a year ago. There are now 528,000 single-family homes on the market, and that's an increase of 1.8% from last week, according to Eltos Research. In fact, they said this is a demand-driven slowdown because new listing supply is still running 9 to 10% fewer homes for sale each week than this time last year. We're seeing fewer new sellers each week, but the inventory is building as home buyers wait to see if mortgage rates will come down to make purchases more affordable. So what do you think about this news of inventory increasing, by the way, not at a normal time of year? It really highlights the slowdown in demand, as mentioned in the story, right? Given the historic rapid rising of mortgage rates and how high they've gotten compared to recent years, although when you look back and offer a longer term perspective, they don't look as high, but they certainly look high to the person who started paying attention a couple of years ago. You're seeing this demand slow to such a degree that inventory is building, even though less sellers are still selling. And we know why that is, right? We've shared that on the program here. It's because a lot of them are locked into these incredibly low mortgage rates of the home that they own, and they fear entering the market and replacing it with something at a rate that's double or triple what they currently have, right? So either way, an increase in inventory is a good thing, I believe, considering how low it's been for how long it's been low. Given the headwinds that we're experiencing in the industry, that's a silver lining, getting some additional inventory regardless of what may be causing it. Well, what's interesting too, Chase, is we're seeing an increase in inventory, like you said, slow demand, but new pending home sales each week continue to run 10 to 15% below last year's pace, right? So additional evidence, right, that buyers are still sitting on the fence waiting to see if rates change. Understand that there are 344,000 single-family homes in contract to close in the next couple of months, and that's 14% fewer than this time last year and almost 30% fewer than in September of 2021. So we've talked about this probably ad nauseum, right, this 30% drop, and we're seeing it show up in multiple metrics. It's no wonder that a lot of realtors are feeling a little funky right now. Well, it's looking, Bruce, like the number of sides available per agent could be the lowest in the history of tracking that number this year in 2023. That's the number of sides of transactions available compared to the number of total agents in the marketplace. And that's a national number that we track. And yet there's still plenty of opportunity out there for those agents. What that number indicates is that the competition is fierce right now for the number of transactions happening and the number of agents that are available to service those transactions. So all that means for a realtor is you really have to sharpen the sword. You have to act like a professional and develop your skill. And oh, by the way, you have to find the motivated, right? That's one of the key chapters in the shift book that Gary Keller wrote regarding finding the motivated people. Because as we know, and as we're seeing based on these stories, when rates go up like this, anyone who's rate sensitive opts out, but there's still plenty of people who have to buy or sell given life circumstances. 
Those are the motivated, right? And so the agents that want to win in an environment where there's less opportunity per agent have to get really good at doing that on a consistent basis, right? Well, I love what you said there, right? I mean, not only do you have to sharpen the saw, but for some of the agents out there, they're going to have to learn new skills. So, for example, the research is showing that home price reductions are climbing again, with 37% of the market taking a price cut. So if you aren't experienced in having conversations with your sellers around price reduction in order to keep them in the market as the market slows down, now's the time for you to go develop that skill set. And again, there, there are plenty of realtors out there as well who've been through multiple shifts in the market who actually right, have to dust off these skills as well. Yep, you got it. And I think that the reason why that's important, Bruce, is when there's uncertainty or even fear in the marketplace about what's happening, that can be caused by a number of things, right? We're looking at high rates. We're looking at low inventory. We're looking at talk of a future recession. We're not sure what the Fed's going to do, yada, yada, yada. All I'm saying is those things can create uncertainty. They can create fear among the consumer. And so when things tighten up like that in the real estate industry, all of a sudden the consumer realizes that they don't just need a realtor. They need a professional realtor. And those are two different things. And so if you want to insulate yourself from how that might impact your business, you need to operate and be a professional realtor, not just a realtor with a license. Because although we know it's not true in the industry, Bruce, when things feel easy to the consumer, they can sometimes think that any old realtor will do. Now that's never true, but that's the perspective of the consumer when times are good, right? Right. When they're not so good or they're cha more challenging is a better way of saying that they absolutely are more particular about who they're going to hire. And you just want to be that who. And if you are, then you have a lot less to worry about than those that are not operating as a professional realtor. Agreed. Well, and I think this is no surprise to me, but it's interesting, right? And that is, is that consumer expectations for future mortgage rates have moved higher also. So potential home buyers are less optimistic than they were at the start of the year about rates coming back down to those low, low numbers that we experienced before. So again, there's a normalization in terms of expectations around the market. Not surprising, but it is the market, right? Additionally, people on the fence should also know that while their competition is lessening, now this is important, there is no sign of an inventory flood. And that may be an important factor in their home buying decisions. So, you know, Gary Keller says, right, it's always a good time to buy the right property. We need to, as professionals, we need to have those conversations with our clients. Absolutely, Bruce. I, I, I think that building wealth through homeownership is still an incredible opportunity given a long time horizon for those that have that in mind. And, you know, I think that the consumer as they get more quote unquote comfortable with the level that interest rates are at, right? It's kind of like jumping into a cold plunge. That seems to be popular these days. When you first jump in, you can, you, you can barely catch your breath. Yeah. But after a minute or two, you start to breathe a little more calmly. Maybe your body goes numb or whatever happens. I'm certainly not the expert. But you kind of get used to the environment that you're in to a degree, right? You're still waiting for the moment that you can jump out of the ice bath and warm up a little bit. But the home buyer says, okay, I'm still waiting, maybe or hoping that rates will come in a little bit, but I'm getting more used to the idea that they're likely not going back to what I remember them being. And hopefully that will loosen up 
some of the folks on the fence and create some of that demand again, because it is always a good time to buy the right property. Well, Chase, I get a little tired of talking about these lawsuits, but we need to. They are top of mind. They're top of the news chain right now in the real estate industry. But nearly four months after filing a motion for summary judgment in the No Select Commission lawsuit, Home Services of America finally has a response back from the plaintiffs. And as expected, the plaintiffs are in opposition to Home Services motion, stating that Home Services claim that the plaintiffs have no evidence of conspiracy as to any HSD to create, implement, or enforce the buyer broker commission rule is untrue. In their filing, the plaintiffs highlight home services franchise agreements, training videos, as well as the now infamous Alan Dalton video as evidence of home services enforcing NAR's clear cooperation policy. Now, this video, Chase, was termed the ambush video. It was referred to by Home Services of America during the Sitzer Burnett case. And the reason they called it that is because it was played as evidence, despite not being presented during the discovery period or included on any evidence list. And it features Dalton, who was the CEO of Real Living Real Estate and Senior Vice President of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Now, during this podcast episode, which is from September 2019, Dalton is asked if he has a technique for when clients ask him to cut his commission. And this is what he said. I'm going to quote this. There's no bleeping, bleeping way I'm going to cut my bleeping, bleeping commission. What do you think? I'm a bleeping, bleeping hooker standing outside Lincoln Tunnel at three o'clock in the morning. If you think I'm going to cut my bleeping, bleeping commission, you can take this home and shove it up your bleeping, bleeping, and I know it will fit right. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. One, I can't even believe he said that, right? I mean, come on. I I guess we can say whatever you want on a podcast, but really? (laughs) Yeah, that's quite the quote, Bruce. That's certainly the most colorful quote we've offered on this podcast to date. You know, if I was coaching Alan Dalton, which I'm not, I might suggest that a simple no thank you would be a much better response given the question from a potential seller, right? But, you know, all joking aside, if I can compose myself here, Bruce, because it is quite funny, I apologize. It's funny in, in certain ways. It's it's terribly unfunny in other ways. I can't imagine being on the receiving end of someone, a professional talking to me like that. But here's what I'll say, right? What is happening in what he's saying, even though it's distasteful, mm-hmm. is an individual independent contractor's negotiation of a commission paid by a seller in their home, at their kitchen table, wherever it may be, right? Distasteful as it may be, it doesn't make the fact that we've always been able to negotiate our commissions one-on-one directly with the seller of a home, regardless of any of these lawsuits, cooperation rule, et cetera. That is the most common thing that happens in our industry with a listing agent negotiating the commission. Again, If someone asks you to to do it for less, a simple no thank you would suffice. This would be another method. But it really doesn't prove what they're saying it does, right? It it certainly can create emotion among jurors, even like annoyance among people who want to point the finger at someone. But it by no means, in my opinion, demonstrates or illustrates any level of collusion around having people overpay. Right. Like I can go to my mechanic today because something's wrong with my truck and I can ask him to do it for less. And he can say, no, thank you. 
And then I can either go to another mechanic or pay his rate, right? That's not uncommon in the in, in the world. Or apparently file a lawsuit because he's got a fixed rate. Maybe I'll consider that. I'm not sure I have time. I'll have to get some time off to do that. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting, right, that in the in the Sitzer Burnett suit, you know, Home Services filed for a mistrial in response to the plaintiff's attorney playing that Tom Ferry podcast video. Despite that motion not being granted, right, industry pundits believe that that ambush video may play a role in a potential appeal of that suit. So that's going to be pretty fascinating. You know, again, we're just seeing these attorneys go in here and try and run for the money. Focus on what you can control, which is understanding at a deep level your value to any consumer on any side of the transaction, being able to articulate the value that you offer as a professional, being able to ask to be compensated for the value that you offer as a professional, and understanding any objections that may come from that and decisions that you would make around that as an independent contractor, just like my mechanic right? He knows his value. I can't fix my own truck. I'm not very handy. And he knows that his price is competitive, you know, in relation to his competitors. He also knows that I can either pay it or go somewhere else. And so regardless of how he responds to me, he's going to have a lot better chance of keeping my business if he's able to respond as a professional and understanding his value. It's no different for us. Now that's what's inside of our control is developing our skill around those conversations with our clients What's happening in these lawsuits, by and large, is so far out of our control, we can't give it a lot of energy. It doesn't mean that we want to be naive completely around what's going on and how it may impact us. I'm not suggesting that. But feeling anxiety or fear or worry and paying too close attention to it and making business decisions around it just yet is probably a waste of energy and time when it can all be focused on what you can do to continue to win in your local market and to provide a high level of service to your clients. I think that's great advice, Chase. I mean, these are going to take a long time to wind their way through the court system. And what's crazy about this is the amount of opinion out there. So be careful who you're listening to and and what opinions you act on, because they're not all accurate. And there's a lot of misinformation out there in the market. Yep. Our buddy, Lawrence Young, took the stage last week at uh, NAR's next conference in Anaheim. And he predicts that we're going to see lower rates and a 15% jump in existing home sales in 2024. Although high mortgage rates, elevated home prices, and limited housing inventory have crippled the 2023 housing market, the outlook for 2024 is brighter, according to Lawrence Yun. Now, he explained how high rates and home prices and low supply of inventory are making the dream of home ownership difficult for Americans. However, as mortgage rates stabilize and home sellers adapt, quote, existing home sales will rise by 15% next year. That's a bold prediction, and we know how you feel about predictions. So what are your thoughts on that, Chase? <laughs> well, my buddy Lawrence is one of the most optimistic fellas that I've followed, especially in recent years. And I'm half tempted to go back and research all the predictions he's made and then what's actually happened, because I got to tell you, Bruce, his track record is not amazing at predicting these things accurately. Albeit, generally speaking, he's over optimistic on the original projections that he makes, right? I need to make a graph around this, but you just have to take my word for it for a minute. And I appreciate that, by the way, all joking aside, I appreciate someone leading that specific organization and what that organization means to real estate professionals and consumers to have some optimism around what could happen, given the fact that 
the Fed may be done raising rates. And if that's the case, again, not predicting that maybe there's some relief at some point in the future and that that might encourage some home buyers to kind of get off the fence and get back into the game. He may not be wrong about that. However, Bruce, I think that is a very, very bold prediction in terms of a percentage growth, given some of the underlying economics that we continue to look at, given kind of the hawkish tone of the Fed, which says higher for longer. And there's no guarantee that they might not still do something in December, right? Time will always tell us these things, which is why it's risky to predict, right? We can look at past information and that's the best predictor of the future, but it's not the only predictor. I'll say it this way. I hope you're right, Lawrence. I'm not so bold as to say that I agree with your prediction, but maybe you'll get lucky on this one and and we'll all be thankful for it. As an optimist, he's with the right organization, right? I've always felt this, Chase, is that, you know, when you've got a realtor and a seller sitting down, realtors by nature have to be optimistic. Sellers are optimistic about the price they can get for their property. And you're sitting down and you're talking, how do you get realistic, right, in order to price a property? So he's in good company with his optimism. But what's interesting here, right, is it it looks like we're getting close to the end of the year that we're going to see home sales this year fall by 18% versus last year. And last year was down 17% versus the year before. So a 15% upswing to me is pretty aggressive. You know, we look at these numbers all the time. I'm not seeing anything that would predict that. Now, Young's forecast also included mortgage rates, which he believes will fall to between 6 and 7% by next spring. He ex- also expects more sellers to enter the market as they adapt to prolonged higher rates. Meanwhile, he counts on home builders to ramp up new construction as the existing home inventory shortage lifts demand for new homes in 2023 and new home sales are up 5% year to date. So again, we've talked about this. We look at these numbers. It certainly to us doesn't appear that home builders are coming to rescue us. They're just not making the homes at a fast enough pace for us to actually overtake that shortage that we had. And again, I think it's pretty bold, right? Like you said, the Fed is being hawkish about this, higher for longer, and he's predicting that we're going to see rates come down into that 6 to 7% rate by next year, spring of next year, by the way. Yeah. And even if the Fed is kind of, you know, at the peak, if you will, we've looked at some data that indicates that what happens following the peak of the federal funds rate, even though it's a lagging measure, is oftentimes some sort of a recession. And even if it's not a recession, it's oftentimes a slowdown in the underlying economy. So we may be experiencing what we think of as a recession already in real estate because of the dramatic drop in units and what's happened with rates. And yet there's still an underlying economy that ultimately will continue to impact the real estate market, even if something were to change. So We'll see if that happens, Bruce. I think there's still a lot of questions than answers, and there's certainly a lot more predictions than facts. As far as new construction goes, they're absolutely not coming to save our inventory issue. They literally can't, right? Given the timelines of developing dirt and the red tape of certain you know, locales, you've got the labor issue, you've got still some challenges with certain materials in the supply chain, although a lot of that has improved. It's not able to you know, have a home sellers in general, let's say double their production of homes next year, even if they wanted to. And we're watching home builder confidence, which is still relatively low. So I don't think they want to. Even if they did, it just can't happen that fast. 
So although new home construction has been kind of a bright spot, considering low inventory of existing homes, they can't produce enough in such a way that's going to have any dramatic impact on our inventory issues in the short term. And then they would have to be well above the national average of 1 million home starts per year for years for us to get caught up of all the number of years we've been below that average. So even if that is something that we're counting on, we definitely shouldn't count on it in the very short term. I appreciated this quote from Lawrence. Consumers are happy with real estate service. The market is fiercely competitive with so many business models among which to choose, from do-it-yourselfers to iBuyers to discount brokerages to full service and rebates, he said. In fact, American home buyers have benefited immensely from such wide-ranging choices in real estate services. Moreover, homeowners have accumulated sizable wealth over time. And, you know, obviously that's in response to what's going on out there in, in the legal market. But I think he did a really good job of summarizing the state of our business and what we do. Yeah, I think so too, Bruce. I appreciate that quote maybe more than any other I've ever heard from Lawrence. <laughs> and the reason is, is if you look at the, the stats or the facts, the overwhelming majority of people buying homes and selling homes are using a real estate professional overwhelming majority. That indicates that in general, they are happy with the service that they're being provided, the options that they have, just like he said. Because if they weren't, Bruce, there is the do-it-yourself option. And he even mentions that. And the percentage of people that do is so low year after year after year after year. And it's not changed even recently. It is an indicator that as an industry and as a profession, we're doing something that the consumer finds a lot of value in. For all these lawsuits out there, kind of going back to that to indicate something other than that, it's just there's no proof of it. There's no proof in the actual votes of the consumer, which is with their feet and their dollars and who they're choosing, and they're choosing real estate professionals. Well, that's the news you need to know. Don't miss this Friday's Northern Lights episode where we'll interview Kathy Cleaver with Keller Williams Realty Puget Sound in Federal Way, Washington. Thanks again for tuning in with us on The Real Look. This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Apple, Google, or Spotify, or really any major streaming platform to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening to The Real Look.